Welcome to A Pint With Nature. Oh, pump it. Louder. Pump it. Louder. Pump it. Louder. <laughs> pump it. Louder. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful, Sorrel. It's amazing. Thank, thank you for joining in on this one. Yeah, so first, first, first time I've joined in that we've actually talked about it and collaborated on your song choice. Yeah, well, I like it. Maybe, maybe you'll have to come up with some of your own in the future and I, I can take a break. Yeah, yeah, you can sit back and relax. I always have to, I always stress out about the start of each episode. Yeah, I can tell. I it comes know. across like that. Yeah. Welcome to another episode of A Pint With Nature. <laughs> and if our lovely tune at the start didn't give it away, because not going to lie, we did struggle this week to find a song. We did, we did. We did. But the, the key part of it is the louder that Sorrel so perfectly did. Because this week, we are talking about noise. So the beer, that's what we have to link it to. So beer, they do lots of different ones, but the brewery themselves are called Siren. So Siren, we all know, produces a very loud noise. So we're going to focus really on the loud noises of nature, aren't we? Like the loud calls, alarm calls, basically all that sort of stuff. Nature's and- voice. Nature's voice, I like that. Oh, very nice. But uh, Siren is a relatively new beer company, actually, Sorrel. Uh, in fact, they've only been around since 2013. And you might be happy to hear that actually they're based in Berkshire. Oh, that's where you're living. To yeah. where I'm living at the yeah. moment. And in fact, I looked it up. They're closed at the moment. Hmm. But they do do brewery tours just down the road, not far from here. So I'm, I'm reckoning after all this is over, we should maybe pop down to Siren and show them our appreciation for their beers. Yeah. Because they are, in fact, some very, very good beers. And they pride themselves on having good beers. So much so that actually for each beer that they produce, they ensure that they, regardless of cost, use only the best ingredients. So, for example, the, the beer you're drinking, actually, sorry, you're drinking uh, Broken Dream, are you? Yeah, Broken Dream. Over here. Which is a, which is a which coffee is, stout. Yeah, yeah, Nitro Breakfast Stout is labelled as, so yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's well, really nice. Really nice. Well, they spend more money on the coffee that goes into that than many companies use on the hops that go into their wow. coffee beers. So they really do sort of pride themselves in using wow. the best ingredients. Not only that, but they also pride themselves in producing many different beers. So in 2018 alone, there were 60 new releases for them. But I mean, I know wow. all of them stick around. It's like limited releases and stuff like uh, that. Okay, 60 yeah. unique releases. And in 2013, when they first started, they also started the International Rainbow Project, where they paired up with breweries to create conceptually inspired by colour beers. So they tried to create rainbow almost. In the beers. rainbow of beers. And then they've also introduced the Project Barista, which is celebrating coffee and beer. So I hope that is a good yeah. beer that you're drinking there. So obviously they are trying to, to push it. And and you might be wondering why they're called Siren. And ultimately, it's because they want to make a shout about beer sorrel. And in <laughs> mythology, of course, the Siren, they used to use their magical songs oh, to get the, the sailors in, to entwine them, and to keep them forever. And that is their aim as well, they say. They want to entice people into drinking their beer, and then keep them loving their beers for all time. Well, it's, it's what we do, isn't it? With Part with Nature here, we start our episodes with the soothing sounds of Elliot's voice and we hook, line and sinker our listeners. Well, it's interesting you use the word hook there, Sorrel, because have you looked at the S on your can? It is, oh, yeah, it's shaped like a hook, isn't it? It is shaped like a hook, and the reason for that is because they say that their beers hook you in. Ah, uh, they're good with the puns. Right, I'll tell you what, but, uh, if you're listening, any side, we're going to get in touch with them. We're going to get in touch with them. But they've won many awards. Best Brewer in England by Rape Beer in 2015 and Supreme Champion Beer of Britain Award by Camera in 2018. So very, very new brewery, but really up on the rise. And I tell you what, Sorrel, I'm very much enjoying. I'm having the Soundwave IPA for people. Ooh, nice. That's 
sound well. Nice. Oh, nice. Wait, talking about sound waves? Let's talk about some sound waves in nature, eh? So I think we will start with one of the most obvious animals, I think. We'll, we'll start nice and easy and we'll talk about whales. Ah, we'll have a whale of time. We will. We whale. Whale. <laughs> <laughs> No, we don't need them. We've got all the puns we need. <laughs> Sorry, Sal. Carry on. Well, okay. I'll start with a big one, big boy. The blue whale can produce 188 decibels from its core. Now, in comparison, a jet engine can produce 140 decibels. So, it's how loud these blue whales are. And it's not just a one-off sort of, it's over in a second. These are long, prolonged calls that can be heard up to a thousand miles away. A thousand? A thousand miles away. Well, that's it helps that sound travels further through water. If the blue whale was on land because we all know they're amphibians don't we <laughs> when it's on land the sound can't travel that far also it reduces the decibels if w water is high decibels usually because you know that so so actually there's a bit of a debate about which animal on earth is the loudest because well, oh. well we'll give it away early on but the loudest animals on earth are in fact marine but there's a bit of a debate about whether that's true because if you suck in an elephant underwater yeah if you go from air to water then you need to you basically add 61 decibels oh, in general right. is uh, so any sort of species that you hear on land if they were water dwelling they would be probably 61 decibels louder which okay. is very interesting because so for yeah. example an elephant as yeah. the example i just I was gave, gonna ask yeah is is about 103 decibels if you're right next to it. So you put it underwater, it's still qu not quite Ooh, okay, a yeah. whale. Yeah, definitely overtakes a few. Definitely overtakes a few that you, that you might not have thought of. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, carry on though about the blue whale song. No, uh, so that's really all I had about the actual noise of it, but just uh, just something about what's going on at the minute. They have been lowering their call frequency over the past several years. So when we talk about frequency, when we talk about calls, we're not talking about how often they do it. Frequency when it comes to sound is the pitch, sort of how high or low it sounds, in, and it's measured in hertz. Yeah, but we don't know what this is down to. We don't know why they've been lowering the call frequency. Could be climate change, could be warmer waters, could be that there's extra ocean noise from boats. So yeah, so boats are causing a lot of ocean noise, which means that a lot of animals are having to adapt to change the way that they call so that they don't get confused between themselves you for a boat. On our corona episode, you might remember us mentioning about yeah. the fact that there's been fewer boats in the waters during the coronavirus pandemic, and so whales have been changing their calls. So it's interesting that that's been happening over several years, I didn't know that. Yeah, not just over, not just over corona. Obviously, corona helped a lot in changing the water atmosphere but yeah definitely over the over the past several years which is, which is interesting but they're not the loudest whale ah uh, i i think i know the answer to this one i'm gonna say so is it the sperm whale it is the sperm whale correct you've been doing your research mate yeah it is the sperm whale you're right how many decibels can you guess how many decibels i'm gonna say 230 <laughs> I, obviously, you knew it was a sperm whale, so uh, like, obviously you're going to know the decibels as well. That's my fault. I, I might have also researched uh, sperm whales. Yeah, whales yeah, yeah. <laughs> 230. You're right, Elle. You're right. 230 decibels, which is huge. Considering a jet engine is 140 and a blue whale is 188, they're another 42 higher than a blue whale. But as I mentioned when talking about the blue whales, their calls are longer, more prolonged calls. Sperm whales, they click in short bursts and they're often out of the human hearing threshold. So if you were to sit underwater, you wouldn't be able to hear. That is why often people get confused about saying the blue whales are loudest. Mm. It's because actually they're not. Sperm whales are, but can't always hear them. Yeah. So this is when I'm talking about frequency as well. So that it's the frequency that is outside the human threshold. Do you know those things that you... There's the deterrents that they put outside supermarkets and things to scare youths away because they can hear at a higher frequency because their hearing's not been damaged as much as older people. 
so that they put these higher frequency devices outside of places like Tesco to try and stop youths hanging around outside their shop and obviously other people don't get affected so yeah humans have a limited frequency range that they can hear him which means it's why we can't hear sperm whales if you go scuba diving but you can definitely see them <laughs> that's for sure if, you've, if I've learned anything from Moby Dick it's that I don't really want to see them no no although there was that guy recently do you hear about that guy recently he got swallowed I mean, by a whale more specific there's a lot of people that's true there, there's a lot you hear about that guy that did that thing <laughs> you know oh the thing <laughs> yeah the thing <laughs> the guy in the thing no there was a guy in America he was scuba diving I think he was trying to catch lobsters or something and he got swallowed by a whale he actually got swallowed real life Moby Dick like Jonah no you're getting Moby Dick the whale eats everyone Jonah from the bio (laughs) wait did he survive he survived he got spat back out and he went flying, so his mates on the boat saw him fly 30 feet up out the water from getting spat back out from this whale. Imagine being swallowed oh, by a whale, thinking you're going to die, and then next thing you know, you're out. It'd be even better if it was out of the blowhole. It would be, it would be. Maybe it was. That would be so I don't know. Good. I don't know it well enough to... Yeah. It could have been. Oh, I've, I hope there's a video of someone being spat out of the blowhole. <laughs> I'm going to have to look at that after we've done this recording. <laughs> well, I can tell you right now, Sorrel, that the sperm whale does have competition. Not just from the blue whale, but from... Um, other marine animals as well and actually from some quite unexpected marine animals because one of the loudest animals in the world is actually a type of shrimp oh which they're tiny imagine yeah they're tiny exactly they are absolutely tiny there's there's a group of shrimp actually called the snapping shrimp or the pistol shrimp there's a difference there isn't there in terms of how aggressive you want them to sound you hear a snapping shrimp and you can think oh they just take part in musicals Uh, and they're those sort of shrimp they're on stage like clearly not seen uh, infinity war sorrel hey you've got me there you've got got me there there. wow wiped out half of uh, civilization well now you just made me <laughs> now you made me more afraid of snapping shrimps. Yeah, Although exactly. they are the same, but yeah, snapping shrimps. Only if the snapping shrimp is wearing uh, an infinity gauntlet, though. So. Yeah, it has to be a massive gold metal glove on one of its <laughs> But well, well, actually, oddly enough, they do have asymmetrical claws. So one of their claws is massive, like, and the other one's really, really tiny. And this loud noise is actually produced from the claw, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Because what's quite cool about these claws is that if the big one is cut off, then as soon as the nerve endings are severed, that is a trigger for the other arm, the smaller one, to grow into now the bigger one, whilst the other one recovers and regenerates into the smaller one. So they can actually swap if they have their bigger one severed back so they can actually swap which is their big claw which i think wow. is really really cool yeah these honestly i can't get over how amazing these shrimp are the loudest of them all is the tiger pistol shrimp that's a cool okay. name and it that's is cool. really cool isn't it i think it grows up to about five centimeters or something like that anyway but you might be interested to know how they of course make this sound and they do it as i said with their giant claw and you can sort of imagine that the claw has like a hidden plunger bit and little hidden well bit so that when it's closed you can't see it when open you can see it's a little plunger a little well and it will open its claw and form like an air bubble inside this well and then they will shut their claw at speed of a hundred kilometers an hour or 62 miles per hour and this produces such pressure that the bubble basically explodes wow. and can reach 190 decibels wow not only that this is absolutely incredible that when they do this snap it produces a temperature of over eight thousand kelvin which is the equivalent of seven thousand seven hundred degrees celsius wow which sounds pretty amazing it's pretty hot right that's hot the surface of the sun 
is estimated to be only 5,772 Kelvin, or 5,500 degrees Celsius. So they can produce a temperature greater than the Hot, surface of the sun. Hotter than the surface of the sun. So they produce a 200 decibel sound, 190 to 200 decibel sound, and produce a temperature that is hotter than the surface. It's a good, and it can produce light. That's amazing, isn't it? All from just them going basically with their claw. I think, I think we mentioned this in the Krabby's episode from season one. Because I remember us, I'm not sure if it was this one. No, it wasn't. It was the mantis shrimp, wasn't it? Because we were trying to, I was about to say, we should turn that into an energy supply type thing. And we definitely talked about turning a shrimp into an energy supply <laughs> in a previous episode. But now we have two different types of shrimp that we can turn into an yeah. energy supply. There's going to be scientific papers in years to come about which is the most eco-friendly. Yeah. Right? Which shrimp is better? The snap yeah. or the spinning, shooting mantis shrimp star? Yeah. Shrimp, shrimp star. Yeah. Well, that, that's, I do remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> but importantly, we didn't repeat ourselves. We didn't repeat it's, ourselves. It's, it's different shrimp. But I'm just going to complete talking about these shrimp because, I mean, the snap itself is pretty amazing, but they'd use this snap to stun small fish or even other shrimp or whatever, their food. They use it to stun them so they can then basically capture them and take them into their burrows and eat them. And in their burrows, they sometimes, some species, including the tiger pistol shrimp, actually share the burrows with goby fish. They form a mutualistic, symbiotic relationship with these goby fish, even though they are completely different organisms, like completely oh, different. You've yeah. got a shrimp, which is a crustacean, yeah. you've got a goby fish, which is a, a vertebrate, and they form the symbiosis where the shrimp is basically provided with protection by the goby, and the shrimp builds and maintains the burrow. And they will even go as far as to travel outside of the burrow together oh. with them, the shrimp maintaining contact with the goby fish using its antennas to make sure they're not too far away. <laughs> and the goby, which has better vision, will actually alert the shrimp if there's any danger around um, so that they can then retreat into their burrow safely. Well. Wow. Isn't that cool? And so these shrimp that have this amazing ability to do this snap, you think, oh, they're the fish's arch nemesis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, they formed this amazing relationship. And they they even can also form burrows with many other pistol shrimps. There are basically colonies as well of pistol shrimps. And when they are together, uh, particularly, but even when they're not, it is known to actually interfere with submarine warfare. No way. And naval ships, and they're picked up and all these, and I think that's pretty amazing. That's that's amazing. I think, honestly, I could tell you facts about these things for ages. They are so cool. Yeah. But I do think it's time we should yeah. move on to another species. Unfortunately, we don't have, yeah. We, we have to, we'll have to find a beer specifically about shrimp, I think, for the future. Yeah, if anyone has a shrimp-related beer that they could recommend us, that'll be uh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, well, I'll talk about, there's a lot of things that I could move on to from that, because we've got shrimps working in symbiosis with other species, we've got shrimps working together to create this noise, and we've got shrimps just making a loud noise overall. Go on then, Tom, give me a choice. Would you like a fact about animals working together? Would you like a fact about the types of calls that animals do? Or would you like a fact about small animals making loud sounds? I like the idea of animals working together. Yeah, yeah. I think that sounds very cute. Yeah, okay. Well, this is one of the cutest species that exists, I'll have you know. Is it me? <laughs> a group of Elliots. <laughs> rarely seen. Rarely seen. <laughs> we only meet about once a year. Roam the prairies. Come here with songs for our next year worth of podcast. Episodes. Yeah, yeah. So animals working together. They're not the loudest animal by far, but they are cute. Meerkats. Compare to market.com. Compare to market.com. Simple. <laughs> 
So talking about sirens, one thing that they're known for is their strategy to deal with predators. So they have to produce some sort of alarm call. But what is quite specific about meerkats is that they communicate mostly by sound. So there are 12 different combinations of sounds that they can make, 12 different ways they can arrange these sounds to call for different things. And when looking specifically at alarm calls, they can differentiate between a predator that's attacking them from the land or a predator that's attacking them from the air. So that means that meerkats can perceive the degree of urgency or the degree of risk from other meerkats of how to then approach their defensive strategy. So obviously if they hear an air defensive call, where would you go? Oh, you'd run underground, right? Underground. Yeah. As Girls Aloud once said, it's the sound of the underground. There you go. As we, what we all live by. But, and then the land one, obviously they just... Land, yeah. yeah. I honestly think... I don't know... I, Fly. I'm, yeah, yeah. They grow wings. Flying meerkats. Yeah. Yeah, so I think meerkats on land is more of a scurry into bushes. Well, at least they know. I think it's more that they know that they don't necessarily have to go underground because some of their predators will can go underground anyway, you know, and get them anyway. So actions differ depending on the siren. Well, we spoke about flying meerkats, Sorrel. What would you say that's closest to? Flying squirrel. Oh, it's close. Flying rats. What rat. are you studying at the moment? Flying... What? Oh, bats! Bats. 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 Yes. First time. The mammals of the so the mammals of the air. The mammals of the, I like that. That's good. The mammals of the air. So well, I have been looking into a certain species of bat this week, or flying meerkat, you might call it. Yeah. We all do. We all do. We all do. Well, the loudest species of bat is a type of bulldog bat. So there's the greater, and there's the lesser bulldog bat. And the greater bulldog bat is the loudest bat in the world, and one of the loudest animals in the world as well. Now it's called the bulldog bat because it has a fold of skin on its upper lip to make it sort of look quite weird upper lip and it has cheek pouches to store food in which is quite unique for this bat amongst others. Right. It has cheek pouches to store food in and it gives quite chubby cheeks and a sort of hair lip look that means it looks a little bit like a, a bulldog's face. Why it's called oh I see. But like all bats I guess they use echolocation to feel their way around. But amazingly, this greater bulldog bat actually uses echolocation and it sweeps over water and uses the echolocation to sense for ripples at the top of the water so it can sense where there's a fish under the water. Wow. And then when it feels one of these ripples, it can pinpoint it from the surface, dive in with its talons, and actually it has a specialised pouch between its legs that it can use to like sort of scoop like a fishing net scoop up the fish in this like net but it's a pouch in between its legs and then use its talons to grip hold of the fish and fly off with with the fish and that's precision isn't it it's precision it's amazing but back using echolocation to to sense a ripple in water yeah yeah that is amazing but these echolocation sounds can reach over 140 decibels so you might remember earlier on, my pistol shrimp can reach 190 to 200 decibels. So it's not quite as loud as them, but it is louder than an elephant. An elephant was, was just over 100. So this bat is actually louder than an elephant. Mm. But you mentioned it earlier, Sarah, about yeah, yeah. frequencies. And yeah. the frequency of these echolocation calls is actually about 55 kilohertz. Right. And a human's range of hearing is actually between 20 hertz and 20 kilohertz. 
so they produce an amazing sound that would actually deafen us if we could hear it. Yeah. But luckily we can't. Mm. Well, there is an animal that uses echolocation that sits within human hearing range. Ooh, type of uh, whale? No, it's a type of bird. The bats of the sky, as birds are called. <laughs> There's one species of bird in South America called the oil bird, which uses echolocation. And the only difference between its echolocation compared to bats is that the sounds of the echolocation are within human hearing range. These clicks, however, are less than that 140 decibels that you just said. They're about 100 decibels. But 100 decibels is still louder than your average lawnmower. So, and humans can hear this bird. So that means every time this bird uses echolocation, the people in South America are going, oh, someone's using their, they're nocturnal as well. So it's like, 2am. 10 people just started using their lawnmowers at this time of the night. Lawnmowers and hoovers. They are some of the worst sounds a man has ever created. Well, that's because you are you have a phobia for chores, to be honest, I think. Yeah, the sound of cooking or, or yeah. wiping down a surface or mopping. <laughs> it's, oh, it's the worst sound man has ever made. The sound of work. It's the sound oh, of work. Yeah. Disgusting. But yeah, but it's not the loudest bird. What is the loudest bird? The kakapo. The kakapo. Our the, friends, our the, friends the kakapo from, from New Zealand. From, from episode one, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow, what a throwback. Uh, what a throwback. They are the loudest bird. They During breeding season, they produce a sonic boom-like sound about 20 to 30 times in a row, followed by a high-pitched ching. Ching, like that. Pattern is, they do that eight hours a night for two to three months in the breeding season. The sound of those sonic-like booms, 132 decibels. No wonder they were went, nearly went extinct. They were easy to find. Easy easy to find. Annoying. Annoying. <laughs> <laughs> We do not condone killing kakapos. <laughs> no, yeah. But still, I mean, I would have never thought it was those, those kakapos that were the loudest bird. to attract a mate. But it's mating season, yeah, so it's I mean, that doing it to attract a mate. Yeah. Oh, really? Kakapo, loudest bird in the world. That's yeah. crazy. I did, not, I did not know that. Yeah, but there you go. It's probably time to move on to the loudest part of our episode. Fact off! There we are. Sound of the fact off. Sound of the fact off, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Yes, into our fact off. And, well, I guess the first thing to announce, Sorrel, is uh, the winner of last week, of course. I don't think it's going to take anyone by surprise because he came in with some absolutely stonking facts. And that is, of course, Timon DeLorme. So, wherever you are, Timon, congratulations. You've done it. You're officially a part of nature fact off winner. You join all the other guests in beating us. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've also won a few in our time but congratulations timing but uh i guess that leaves who to start well who can make a louder noise okay all right you ready yeah you go first i don't know i don't know i think your, your noise was very good so you think oh. but i think we were both maybe restraining ourselves a little bit to save our listeners ears yeah that's what i was thinking i was thinking who can make the loudest noise and i was thinking we could <laughs> do an example throughout the show of what is the loudest noise we can produce but we have to remember that this is going through headphones of people's ears <laughs> <laughs> well i'll tell you what sorry i prefer your voice so why don't you go first i'll start i'll start okay here we go So we've talked a lot about real alarm calls that occur in nature, but we've not actually mentioned false alarm calls. Now, false alarm calls are still alarm calls, but the meaning behind them is obsolete. And there's two birds that do this. 
they use this false alarm call method. One is the male sparrow. The male sparrow gives false alarm calls when a female leaves the male's nest area during mating season. And this is to disrupt any extra pair copulations that that female can, can involve itself in. So it will send off a false alarm call, causing all the other males to hide, and therefore the female that's just left its own nest is no longer open to breeding with any other males. And this is a sort of survival of the fittest mechanism, so that it is definitely going to have some sort of offspring from this female. The other one is the thrush. You don't want to catch that. No, you don't want to catch that. You don't want to catch that. They send out, and they wrote it like this, they said bogus alarm calls. And I think bogus is such a good word to replace false. So they send out bogus alarm calls to warn of aerial predators to warn of aerial predators even though there are no aerial predators and that's just to frighten other birds away so it can eat its meal undisturbed but they do exist false alarm calls they send off alarm calls scare other scare other birds away just so it can it can live its best life mm, fake alarm calls i quite like that idea yeah. but i just need to be left in a bit of peace and quiet yeah. Stop randomly screaming. Yeah, it would work. It would. Work. Well, it, it would get people. Actually, I reckon it would probably draw quite a lot of attention. Uh, you think it would? What work noise would get it? rid of attention? Go away! I'm busy. <laughs> it's very imaginative. Thanks. I don't know how you came up with it. It would work. Um... It would. It would work. <laughs> it would. I'm not lying. Right. Well, very nice throw. Fake alarm calls. I like it. I'm going to tell you about an animal that is synonymous with being rather loud. And that is, in fact, the howler monkey. Mm. So so a howler monkey can actually reach 128 decibels. So that's loud. That is louder than elephant, again, yeah. as we discussed earlier. Louder than many different of the animals we spoke about today is, that, in fact, probably, we think, the loudest mammal for its size, which is pretty amazing. And this is nothing to do with noise, but I'm just going to tell you a, a fact that I learned about the howler monkeys that just made me some reason giggle the venezuelan red howler monkey so they're, they're, oh wait so let me just specify there are actually more than just one species of howler monkey howler monkey encompasses 15 species of of monkey and the venezuelan red howler monkey was the first of the howler monkeys to be observed using tools mm-hmm. it was in 1997 and it was observed using a stick to kill a two-toed sloth wow no way. Proper murder. <laughs> Which, proper murder. That's what I mean. Like That's why I thought it was a really interesting fact. Just this idea of a howler monkey with just a stick just going, eh! Yeah. And just taking out a poor sloth. Wow. But howler monkeys are, there are other species I mentioned, and another species, the mantled howler, can live in groups of up to 40 individuals. Because you can imagine, when they're all calling. Yeah, the sound. Yeah. That sound would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That would be amazing. And when they've all got their sticks, they are a force to be reckoned with. <laughs> Keep your pet two-toed sloths away from that group of howler <laughs> monkeys. Like... <laughs> exactly. Well, but that's, yeah. yeah. So howler monkeys are, little... are loud and very creative, I guess, in their approach. Yeah. To... So I've got a fact about monkeys. This is my fact number two. Oh. They're called Diana monkeys. These Diana monkeys. They're preyed on by leopards, eagles, and chimpanzees. Those are their three predators. But... They only emit alarm calls for leopards and eagles. Now you'd probably be asking, why is this? Why is this? Why is this? Why is... Yeah, exactly. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's because they use silent alarm calls for chimpanzees. Because they have clocked on to how clever and how, I think, imaginative in their predatorial tactics chimpanzees are. What these Diana monkeys do is they use silent cryptic behaviours 
So visual alarm calls to communicate with each other to signal that there are chimpanzees. Almost a bit like, I'm imagining it's a bit like sign language. Sign language. Yeah, yeah. that they use to, to signal to the, the others in their, in their group that chimpanzees are about. So false alarm calls first, and I thought I'd mention one about silent alarm calls as well. Why are you getting all the facts out today? Yeah. Well, I'm also sort of my my first two facts are also sort of linked because I just spoke about the loudest mammal mm. for its body size, certainly, and not the big, not the loudest overall because we spoke about the perfect mammal, but the loudest for its body size. Well, now I'm going to tell you about the loudest insect. Now, I'm sure if you've ever been on a holiday to somewhere hot, you've heard at night time the the chirping of the insects outside and it, it is very very loud but the loudest insect in the world currently is believed to be the african cicada okay which is believed to produce a sound of 106.7 decibels if you measure it from about half a meter away which is the same pretty much as an elephant so a small wow. insect producing something wow. as loud as an elephant but what is really amazing is that actually we haven't really properly started looking at how loud these insects can actually get because there are 3,500 species of described cicadas, probably more, but actually we have barely even measured the sound of any of them. So actually the largest cicada in the world is the Asia's Empress Cicada. It has a wingspan of 7.9 inches or 20 centimetres. Wow. I mean, that is That's terrifying. Huge. You'd imagine it has a pretty loud call, you know, when they rub their, their wings together or rub their legs together. Yeah. You, know, they, you can imagine they produce a pretty loud call, yeah. but it's never been recorded. Not been measured yet. It's believed that it could be the loudest insect in the world, but we've never even tried to record it, or it's never been caught. We should. Next step. Next step. There you go. So actually, here you go. Here's a piece of advice. It's uh, Elliot's piece of advice this week. We've had a piece yeah. of advice for a while. Yeah, not had a but piece of advice. But you could definitely yeah. make it into the record books. Yeah. If you were able to track down an Asia Empress Cicada and measure how loud it can get, because if it is yeah. the loudest, you're in the history books. No, that's that's good though. That's we don't even know the loudest insect. That's cool. It's there for the future. There to be taken. So that time for my third and final fact. I've mentioned a lot of well. Both my facts have been about fake alarm calls almost. So to round off my uh, my fake alarm call trilogy, I'm going to be talking about chemical alarm calls. These are used a lot by fish and insects. So where they don't, obviously, fish aren't known for their... Because they're not known to produce a lot of noise. And that's because they do most of their communicating between each other through chemical signals. A couple of examples of these fish are minnows and catfish. Catfish are probably the more well-known of out of those two. They release pheromones when they are injured. Now, they usually get injured by predators, most likely by predators. So every time they pick up an injury, probably by predator, they release pheromones. All of the nearby catfish or minnows, depending on the species in that area, then know exactly what to do. And they, they dive, immediately dive down, immediately almost... Do you know when, in a, when a fire alarm goes off and there's emergency uh, gathering points outside the building? These catfish have emergency gathering points at the bottom of the ocean. So they dive as far as they can dive down and they have this remembrance of where they need to group in these schools of catfish together to hide from the predator, from the catfish that's been injured. Since they've been been told that there's predators in the area from, from a catfish that's set off the alarm, set off the siren almost, you could say. So yeah, there's a, there's my trilogy of fake alarm calls for you. Nice. I, see. I like I like the the pattern there. So I've gone with a theme again, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I have also come up with a theme this week because mine were also, I guess, sort of linked. I spoke about the loudest mammal by body size. I spoke about the loudest insect. I'm now going to talk about the loudest animal by body size, which is, in fact, an insect. So, a combination of my two previous facts, sort of. The loudest animal by body size is actually the water boatman. And you've probably seen what your local pond. Now, I've got to give a shout-out to Andrew Edmonds right here because I think he did mention something about or something close to this in, in our previous Corona episode that he was on. But it's very relevant because I don't know, think he mentioned the fact that it was the loudest sound by an animal for its body size. But it is. And you might remember Andrew mentioning that they were able to produce this sound by rubbing their penis against their abdomen. It's known as stridulation. And it can produce a sort of singing sound of up to 99.2 decibels which is the equivalent of sitting on the front row of an orchestra. Wow. You can produce a sound that loud. So, you know, if you're given the choice... What would you rather... What would you rather do you want a stage full of water bowmen <laughs> rubbing their penis? Or would you rather see the Ali Orchestra? What are you going for? <laughs> I know it should be the most unique. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe the water bowman, to be honest. Yeah, because that'll be but, something to talk about. Yeah, but they use they use a ridge on their penis, and they rub it across the ridge surface of their abdomen. So these ridges... Almost like a chain, chainsaw against a tree sort of thing. I guess that's one way of putting it. So I if that's what helps you imagine it best. Yeah. But it isn't the only species that does produce... The only insect that produces noise using its penis. The purulid moth uses highly modified genitals to produce ultrasonic signals Ooh. imagine that was a superpower <laughs> really ultrasonic <laughs> penis man <laughs> yes exactly i mean everyone always asks that question which yeah. super, if you could have any superpower in the world which would you have well <laughs> I, ultrasonic i mean the, the name lends itself to you doesn't it yeah i'm ultrasonic penis man yeah but there you go. Amazing. Animals making noises well, using their genitalia. I think you've got a I think you've got a great shot of winning this week, oh, because so penis well, facts right. always always seem to do well in our fact mm. off. So I think uh hold your hopes high. Oh, don't say that. Then I'll get them up only to be destroyed yet again. <laughs> <laughs> but there we are. We made it again. Another episode. Go vote on our page at a pint with nature. Get those votes in. Give us a follow. Go check it out. But in the meantime, if you can, get a hold of one of the many different types of siren beers. I've been drinking Soundwave IPA, as I said earlier. Very fruity pale ale. Absolutely lovely, Sorrel. I mean, I know you've been drinking a different one for me today, yeah. a different siren beer. I'm on the but... Broken Dream today, and it's also been, obviously, very different than, than the Soundwave that you're drinking now, but still really quite refreshing in its own way. At some point, Sorrel. We will have to get together and test them both together. But in the meantime, thank you, Siren, for these lovely beers. And we'll be there for the the tour soon enough. And We will. Maybe for the shout-out, we might get free tickets. Yeah, I think that's what we want. <laughs> <laughs> but for now, thank you very much for tuning in to the latest episode of A Pint With Nature. We will see you next week. Thank you very much for listening, and good night. Good night.